Welcome back to the LT Guitarist Podcast. My name is Liam Taylor, musician from the UK, sharing my journey becoming a professional musician. Hopefully, you will be able to learn whilst I learn. And maybe you'll avoid some of the mistakes that I made. That would be nice. In this episode, I am sharing something that I originally created for BBC Introducing Cambridgeshire. These are my five tips for bedroom producers broadcast over BBC Cam's introducing over the holiday season of 2020. So these are maybe tips for people just starting out in their music production journey uh, or trying to get better, trying to hone their craft. Tip number five is actually something I find myself saying to working professional musicians quite often. So hopefully that will help you regardless of what level of your career you are at. Whilst I have your attention, I'd be really appreciative if you subscribed to the podcast because it means that you see new episodes whenever they go out if you enjoy this and you find value in the things i am sharing a uh, a positive review on your podcast app of choice would be incredibly helpful as well and one last thing i have a new single out bijou bargain by the musical endeavor is a track that i put out a couple days ago it's an experiment in lo-fi hip-hop production i wanted to see if rather than using jazzy cassette samples what if i use something a little more funky so lo-fi funk it's a thing now you're welcome that's bijou bargain by the musical endeavor available on all digital music services so let's get into it five tips for bedroom producers. Tip number one, maybe you've been gifted a guitar or a keyboard for Christmas and you'd like to get started making music. You don't need a band to sound like a band. There's plenty of free apps for music making that let you record real world instruments or your voice. Apps like BandLab are free to use and others are really affordable, including Soundtrap and Cubasis. Even if you don't have access to real-life instruments, you can download one of these apps and start making music. Once you understand the basics of how these programs work, you can buy yourself an audio interface, which will almost always come bundled with a digital audio workstation like Cubase or Ableton. Starting on a free app means that you can make an informed choice about what interface you get, and it also means you're not taking a risk and buying something you might not enjoy. Tip number two, your room is more important than your microphone. Over the years, I've recorded using some expensive microphones in some really bad spaces, and I've also recorded with budget microphones in well-treated spaces. And I can tell you for a fact, the space you're in will always contribute more than the microphone you use. If you have money to spend on a microphone, it's worth considering a cheaper option if it means you can get quieter fans for your computer or a less squeaky chair or a thicker curtain, anything like that that can help reduce the background noise in your recording space. If you're not sure about the room you're using, there are some workarounds. I know plenty of podcasters and singers who will sit in their wardrobe and let their clothes absorb outside noise. Failing that, try building a pillow fort. Remember, you can always add reverb, but you can't take it away. This is tip number three, noises. Everyone has access to music production software now, and everyone has access to learn the ins and outs of music creation for free thanks to the internet. And that's a great thing, but it does make it much harder to stand out from the crowd. 
Next time you go to add something like a percussion track, rather than loading up a digital instrument, why not have a look around your room and see what non-musical objects could make a sound? A paper bag, the clicker on a pen, a toaster? I don't actually worry too much about recording things like this perfectly either. I'm more worried about just capturing the sound. Even if it comes out a bit grainy, I think people are so used to high fidelity, over-compressed audio that a little bit of dust and grain is kind of refreshing. Just look at the popularity of lo-fi hip-hop. I also think that if you've made the decision to add something a bit quirky and a bit weird to your track, that's kind of more important than it being done perfectly. It's, it's way more important that you grab a listener's attention than you mix that pen clicker perfectly, because you know what? No one's decided the right way to do that yet. This is tip number four. We've talked about adding unusual sounds to help you stand out, but there is some noise that just gets in the way. Your tracks will often have some excess noise in the bass register, which can become crowded and messy. Microphones, for example, can pick up some noise under 80 hertz, which on a vocal, you just don't need. You can remove that low-end hum from any instruments that aren't supposed to be in that bass register. So you want the kick drum in there, and you want your bass guitar or your bass synthesizer in there. Anything else, you can remove anything below 80 hertz using an EQ or a low-cut filter. If you have a spectrum analyzer on your recording software, it's worth looking at your digital instruments to see if they're adding any low-end noise as well, and removing it if so. The idea with this is that you're clearing up the bass register so that your bass instrument, like bass guitar, bass synth, your kick drum, can dominate that low end and really shine through and do the job that they're supposed to do in the mix. So even if you have an instrument that shouldn't be adding any low end noise, open up an EQ, cut off anything below 80 hertz, just in case. I promise you, your mixes will sound a lot cleaner. Okay, this is my final tip for bedroom producers, tip number five. And this is for those of you who are confident in the music you're creating and looking to build an audience. You need to tell your fans how to support you. There are so many music platforms that we can upload our original music to. We'll often feel obliged to share links to all of them because we don't know for sure which platforms a fan will actually use. But when people see a huge list of links, it's actually really unlikely that they'll click on any of them. It's called link fatigue and you want to avoid it. You're actually better off having one or two platforms that you really focus on and those are the ones that you always direct people to when they want to support you. You can have music on all the platforms, sure, just because you're telling people to listen to you on Deezer or Bandcamp, it doesn't mean that others won't find you through Spotify or YouTube it's definitely worth finding out what platforms will benefit you as an artist the most in terms of income and then directing your fans there. So those were my five tips for bedroom producers as broadcast by BBC Radio Cambridgeshire Introducing. I'm really grateful that they reached out to me to make this uh, little section and I'm really grateful that they gave me a platform to talk about music because that's the thing that I do all the time and I love it. If you found this podcast helpful, I'm going to assume you've already subscribed. If you want to see more from me, you can come find me at LT Guitarist on Twitter. I also go live with music production 
sessions twice a week twitch at lt guitarist and liam taylor guitar on youtube there's also a lot of uh video content about music on liam taylor guitar on youtube if that's the sort of thing that you're into which i imagine it is and now i'm rambling so i need to leave thank you for your attention i will see you next time